just before I start, I'll give a quick plug for, my, for, for the Science Centre. Um, so, as, 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 as John mentioned, we're, we're homeless. Uh, but for the Easter break, uh, if you want us, you can find us at the Polar Museum. So, over Easter, we will be back, but in, a, in, the, in the Polar Museum. So, oh, this is a lovely audience. We've got, I think that's almost every single seat full. Fantastic. Can I ask, how many people here uh, saw my show last year? Oh, that's not bad, that's not bad, that's one or two, one or two. Okay, well, um, I'm famous for doing rocket shows, but this is not a rocket show. This is a show all about light. <laughs> and instant malfunctions. <laughs> it's not working. Can I have the light back up so I can see what I'm doing? Thank you. I literally just did. Do you know what it was? It was when I trod on it, wasn't it? It was when I trod on it. Right. Hey, there we go. Um, this is a show about light. There we go. Brilliant. Fantastic. So I am trying to get it on the ceiling so I don't get your, uh, don't get your eyes. So if we're going to talk about light, then the easiest starting point is, of course, white light. White light is a mix of every single colour that you can see of light mixed together. And I can show you that. I mean, I'm sure you've all heard that, but I can actually physically show you that using a lens. It's a very simple concept. I take the lens, I put it into the light, and I get a rainbow. There we go, a lovely rainbow. We've got some blues, we've got some greens. Greens are actually very, very difficult to see. However, that's not because of the light, it's because of your eyes. The human eye doesn't see green very well. Now, you might think that this kind of technology is new, but it's not. It's actually very, very old. Can I, can I get the slides up as well, please? Yay, we got them. Okay, so... <laughs> So, you might think that this technology is relatively new, but it's not. It's actually really, really old. The earliest lens that we are aware of is something called the Nimrod lens. I know you're expecting a science show, but I'm sorry, I always have to do a little bit of history in here as well. The Nimrod lens is about 2,500 years old from ancient Babylonian areas. Uh, I think it was Nineveh. And we have absolutely no idea what those ancient peoples did with this lens. It's actually really small. It's much smaller than my lens. Uh, maybe it was a brooch, maybe it was a, a funky hat, maybe, not that I think anyone here would try this at home, they used it for shining the sun through, making a hot point, and starting a fire for their dinner. We don't know. The one thing we do know that they didn't do with their lens is look at it like a scientist looks like a lens. They didn't really understand what was going on. They didn't understand that they were bending light. And that is why I can have those colours come out. Because every colour of light bends by a different amount. I mean, if you don't believe me, I could use a famously monochromatic source of light, which is a laser beam. There we go. Laser beam. I'll put it up there so you can see it. Okay, there's my laser. That means there's obviously a sniper in the room somewhere. So, I was able to, with my lens, get different light colours out. Hands up if you think I can get different colours out of a laser with my lens. Hands up if you think you can get different colours with the... Ah! 
with the bright. Today at hands up, you can get different colours with the laser. Hands up if you think you can't. All right, let's find out. So there's the laser, and nope, no, it's the same colour. I mean, I can move it around the ceiling by moving the lens. You know, I'm not moving the laser, I'm just moving the lens. So that light is definitely bending, but it's not changing colour. And that's because a lens doesn't change colours. All it does is bend the light. And the first person to properly figure this out was a guy called Ibn al-Haytham, who lived about a 1,000 years ago in a place called uh, Basra in Iraq. And he had a fantastic nickname. I would love to have this nickname. He was known as the physicist. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? You can really tell a Cambridge audience. I did this show in Peterborough. Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> so uh, he was a, uh, a polymath. He was a genius. He worked out a lot of amazing things. And I also think it's interesting, historically speaking, that... Uh, Nowadays, you know, Basra is, you know, especially with the Iraq war and, and other things that have been happening in the Middle East over the last 20 years, is not necessarily somewhere associated with world-class research. But a thousand years ago, it was one of the most concentrated, pla brilliant places in the, in the world, with lots and lots of fantastic people working together to discover the universe, to figure out, to go and look at what was happening. The caliph basically had a large pot of money that he would give out, almost like modern research grants to people, to look at how the world worked. And he was the first person to realize that a lens bends the light. He was also the first person to really think about how uh, a curved mirror also works in the same way as a lens, but I'll talk about that a little bit later. Now, my next super scientist had a proper job. He wasn't just uh, being paid by the caliph to do what he needed to do. Uh, he lived approximately 600 years later in the Netherlands, and uh, his name was Hans Lippershey. And Hans Lippershey was a spectacles manufacturer. So if you lived 400 years ago in the Netherlands and you needed some spectacles, you couldn't go to Specsavers because Specsavers hadn't been invented yet. You went to Hans, and he would grind you some glasses. Now... This next story is just that. It's just a story. We don't know whether it's true. It is apocryphal. But according to the story, there were a couple of kids playing with some broken glasses outside of his shop. Um, I don't think that's particularly good of Hans to have broken glasses lying around, but, you know, never mind. They had different health and safety rules 400 years ago. So these children were playing with the glasses, and they found that if they put one of the lenses close to their eye and then another one far away from their eye, what they actually saw was that the tower, the church tower, at the other side of the town shot forwards and seemed to be really, really close to them. Hans took this idea and developed it. And history now recognises him as the person that invented the telescope. Although, to be bluntly honest, I don't think it should be Hans that gets the credit. I think it should be those two kids who are outside of the shop. I mean, they're the ones that get the... You know, children get a bad rep anyway. You know, come on. It's very, very unusual for children to invent something so fantastic as a telescope. Let's give credit where credit is due. I've got a question for you. Hands up if anyone before this talk had heard the name Ibn al-Haytham. That's actually quite good. Again, I know I'm in Cambridge when more than no hands come up. Uh, hands up if you'd heard of Hans Lippershey. 
one or two. Okay, let's see about my next super scientist. Have you heard of uh, Galileo? Now, Galileo is famous for using the telescope. He is famous for using the thing that this guy invented, and you don't remember his name, but you do remember his name, because Galileo had a fantastic idea of what to do with telescopes. It was amazing, it was groundbreaking, and it's the reason why 400 years later, you all know his name. Would you like to know what his astounding, staggering idea was? Oh, he said no. He was the first person to take a telescope and do this. <laughs> I mean, it seems kind of obvious to us. You know, you use telescopes to look at the sky, but at that time, that's not what they were used for. They were more like toys. So it was sort of like, you know, I'm using my telescope. I can see what's happening on that ship over there. Ooh, I can see that person's, uh, the roof of that building. Ooh, I can see what's going on in that bedroom over there. You know, it was, it was just, just a fun thing that you would use. It was just a toy. He was the first person to take this toy and to look at things where we didn't know what it was supposed to look like. He found mountains on the moon. He found rings around Saturn. He got into a lot of trouble with this, actually. That's another thing that I find really interesting, which is, it's not necessarily religion that's the issue with science, it's, it's society. A thousand years ago in the Islamic world, it was a fantastic place to do science. 400 years later, in the Christian world, it wasn't. And hopefully nowadays, it's a fantastic place anywhere and, 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 and those, th those things are in the past. But the ideas that he came up with were, were absolutely astounding. But the problems he had were equally difficult. Now, we know that if you use a lens to look at something, you get these lovely rainbow effects. Uh, they're really nice for producing a rainbow effect in a science show, but when you're trying to actually see the moon and it's covered in rainbows, that's a very, very difficult way of looking at what you're trying to look at. So my next super scientist went all the way back to the ideas of Ibn al-Khaytham and curved mirrors. And he built the world's first reflecting telescope that light bounced off, a, off of a curved mirror rather than going through a lens. And hopefully you have all heard of Sir Isaac Newton. Yes? I mean, this is Cambridge. I'm the Cambridge Science Centre. It's like I kind of almost have to talk about Sir Isaac Newton. I'm not allowed to not talk about him. And this is his telescope. And this telescope is now the great granddaddy telescope of almost every single modern research telescope that we use today. From the really small ones to the really, really, really big ones. So, does anyone know the name of this telescope? What do you think? Brilliant, fantastic. You get one imaginary John London point. Fantastic, well done. So, uh, this is the Hubble Space Telescope. And the reason why the Hubble Space Telescope is so famous is because it can see, roughly speaking, the same colours that we can see. There are lots of other space telescopes out there that you don't really know about that much. But Hubble's famous because it's effectively a giant human eyeball floating in space. Just don't think about that this evening when you're going to sleep, because that's a horrible idea. But it's basically what you would see it can see what you would see if you were floating there. 
So the pictures it takes are what you would have if you just had your little camera and you were taking them, but you were light years away. Would you like to see a picture taken by Hubble? Okay, so here is a picture taken by Hubble of a star field. Can we dim the lights just for a little, just a little bit, just a little bit? So as you can see up here, we've got uh, we've got a uh, a blue star there. We've got a yellow star at the top. We've got some cream stars. Actually, the one thing we don't seem to have are green stars. And as I said before, that's because the human eye is just slightly less sensitive to green than other colours. So if something's producing green and other colours, you generally see the other colours and not the green. So what? I mean, so what? So we can see that the stars are actually different colours, but that's not really science. I mean, it might be a bit interesting, but it's not really going to affect anyone now, is it? But by knowing what something is coloured, we can find out what it is made out of. Because what we can do is we can take the light from that star and we can split it uh, by diffraction, almost like when we're using a lens to split light in, the same way, in, in a slightly different way. But we can split that light up into the different colours. And we can take the light from a single star and create what I like to think of as a, as a star bow, like a rainbow from one star. So this is the star bow of Arcturus. And it's an incredibly long rainbow because we were very, very precise with it. So what we've done is we've chopped it into sections. We've put the sections one on top of the other, and that's why it's all stacked up in those, in those stacks there. Uh, but you've also got some black vertical lines. You've got some bits of light that are almost missing. So what's going on here? Well, these lines are really, really important because what they are are absorption lines gases. A gas always has the same lines with it. To show you this, I can <laughs> excite a gas. A little bit like how gases around stars are excited. So I have a gas here. Uh, this is helium, by the way, uh, named after Helios, the sun god. And if I put it into this box, I can then excite it. Uh, any ideas how we could excite a gas? What would be a good way of exciting a gas? Yeah? Shake it, all right, I'll shake it. Nope, nothing, anything else? Yeah? Sorry? Use electric charge, turn it on. I could do that, but then I wouldn't get to do my really ridiculous joke. Can I do my really ridiculous joke first and then we'll turn it on? Okay, this is the joke that no one ever laughs at. This is how we excite a gas. Gas, you're going to go to a party. <laughs> I'll turn it on now, thank you, all right. I'll, I'll keep the jokes to a bare minimum. So this here is helium. It's a very nice sort of creamy white colour. Uh, but that's a little bit boring. So what I can do is I can use a spectroscope to split the light. This is a spectroscope here. So if I point the spectroscope at a screen, like my computer screen, you can see this computer screen is mainly blue at the minute. If I point the uh, spectroscope at another screen that's mainly yellow, you can see there's, oh, there's red, there's green, and there's blue, RGB. And if I point my spectroscope at this, I can split the light from the helium. Do you want to see that? Isn't that cool? It's not a full rainbow, it's not a full spectrum. It's just 
some of the light. Now that pattern, um, due to the fact that this is emitting light, and actually when we're looking at the stars, it's the cooler gas around the outside absorbing or taking in the light. So these are bright lines, and on the, on the star rainbow, it's dark lines, but the pattern is the same. It's almost like a barcode for hydrogen. Wherever you see that pattern, anywhere in the universe, you know there is hydrogen. Did I say helium? Thank you, what he said. Helium, I'm glad somebody's paying attention. Um, would you like to see hydrogen? All right, I've got some hydrogen here. So, there we go, there's some hydrogen. What color do we think hydrogen's gonna go? I can't see you, so green, what do you think? Somebody said green, blue, purple, and purple. All right, let's see if you're right. Okay, three, two, one, go. Who said purple? I think two people said purple, you're right. Uh, it's probably not gonna be green because as I say, if there's any other colors in there, the human eye is, is not very good at seeing that. All right, let's go look at that one then. There we go. So as you can see, it's purple, which is mainly a mix of blue and red, because actually uh, that's, that's, what, that's what purple is. It's a mix of those two colors, what, what pinky, pinky purple is. Okay, I've got a few more gases here. So I've got mercury, I've got nitrogen, and I've got neon. What should we go for next? Neon. Ne wow, that was overwhelming. Neon. Okay, let's go for neon then. Why do you want to go for neon, I wonder? Neon lights. So, this is what was used for neon lights a long time ago. Okay, let's go for that then. And it's so bright, it's actually overwhelming my spectroscope. Uh, if anyone's interested in this, by the way, who's a bit of a maker sort of person, um, webcam with a diffraction grating inside a housing. It's really simple. Think about it. So there we go. We do have a little bit of green in there. Do you see? You've got actually got green light coming out. It's just it's being swamped by the other colors. Okay. Uh, what else should we go for next? Mercury. Should we go for mercury? Let's go for mercury. And then we'll leave this section, and if we've got time at the end of the show, I'll show you the other gases, okay? So what color do we think this one's gonna go? Blue, yellow, silver. I thought you said you were gonna wear it the entire show, sir. Okay, okay, so here we go. Let's find out, three, two, one. It's a, it's a sort of a whitish blue, isn't it? Or a bluey white. And that's because it's almost exactly red, green, and blue light coming in, which of course makes up white light for us with RGB. So as I was saying, with these patterns, they're the same for gases everywhere. Now, the really cool thing is that the next generation James Webb Space Telescope is going to be launched in a couple of years. And it's not just gonna be able to see light from stars. It's gonna be able to see light from other planets. Now imagine 
if we get the pattern that means oxygen from the atmosphere of one of those planets. Where did oxygen come from on planet Earth? Plants, photosynthesis, fundamentally from life. Within about two years, we will have the technology to be able to find alien forests. We're not talking little green men, but I think this is an incredibly amazing thing that we might be able to do in the very near future. And that's just using visible light. That's just using the stuff that you see every single day. But of course, visible light isn't all that there is. We've got our red, we've got a sort of a um, yellow, green, indigo, purple, violet, however many Sir Isaac Newton wanted because he wanted seven because seven was lucky, uh, colors independently. But what's next? What's next after that purpley violet color? Yes, ultraviolet, absolutely correct. At the other end, we have ultraviolet. Now, no human beings can see ultraviolet. However, bees can. Sir? <laughs> Bee. <laughs> all right, thank you. I've got another bit for you later in a second, if that's all right. I've got another bit for you. But I just, I, I didn't want to forget because it's an extra bit I've put in and I wanted to make sure I had you on stage with, 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 with things on. We're having a bit of banter earlier, so we decided to, I di well, I say we decided, but I decided to be a little bit silly. So bees can actually see what's going on uh, with, ah, where's it gone? It's disappeared. It must be over here, must be over here. Yes, there it is. With flowers. See, flowers didn't evolve for you to think they're pretty. They evolved for bees to think they're pretty. I don't suppose you could dim the lights, would you? Please? Because if I was to get this and put infrared or ultraviolet light to it, then you would see something rather interesting. And I just so happen to have a big light here. So if I put that there, you can see that the flowers actually have markings that basically signal the bees to come to the, sir, I'm going to have to ask you not, don't come up, don't come up, no, I know you're being irrevocably drawn to the center, to that, to that sweet nectar in the middle, but you're going to have to stay in your seat, sir. Okay, I'm going to put this down before he, before he loses his nerve there for a second. I mean, it's kind of fun, but it's also kind of dangerous. So here is the sun in ultraviolet. As you can see, uh, it is a rather violent place. Uh, we're about to get a coronal mass ejection, by the way. That's a huge cloud of plasma, which is like, think of it like a really hot gas, that shoots off from the sun into space. That cloud is several times larger than the Earth. And do you know what actually happens if one of those clouds hits the Earth? We get the aurora borealis, the northern lights. But we also get a lot of UV. And UV can be dangerous. It can cause skin cancer. And that's why whenever we go on holiday, we cover ourselves in black, thick, oily tar. You, that's not just me then. Is it just? Oh, come on, no, I'm sure you must do that as well. 
Come on, it's called, it's called um, suntan lotion. Sun cream, yeah. Oh, it is. It's a really horrible, thick, black, oily stuff. Uh, I tell you what, can I get a victim, I mean volunteer, to come down for this? Uh, I tell you what, yes, with the hoodie on. Do you want to come over? Um, who is your, um, which adult belongs to you? <laughs> I just need you to confirm that your child is not allergic to suntan lotion. Is that okay? Cool, thank you. All right, if you blow up in giant hives, it's, it's their fault now. Come on down, come on down. All right, come on up here, come on up. Come on, come along, watch out for the little thing there. And what's your name? Elizabeth. Okay, Elizabeth, I'm going to get you. Say hello to everyone, Elizabeth. All right, put your hands out. What I want you to do, here's some suntan cream. Put it in the hand there, a little bit there. What you're going to do is you're just going to sort of mix it on your hands like that, and then you're going to run to this wall, and you're going to go like that, right onto that paper. Can you do that for me? Go for it. Fantastic, Elizabeth. Okay, Elizabeth, uh, if you want to just stand uh, just to the side for a second, and what I'm going to do is I'm now going to shine a bright light on that, okay? And as you can see, it's a thick black... Oh. Oh, that didn't work. Oh, you were right, it's white. But actually, that's because this is white light. This is visible light. And what we want to do is to have something that doesn't look black in normal light, but does look black under UV light. So if we dim the lights again, please. Oh, I picked the right person from the audience. That is amazing. <laughs> I, I am being genuine. She is not a plant. I did not actually think that. Elizabeth, you have the most amazing trousers in the world. Have you seen your trousers? <laughs> in fact, I think possibly you guys have better clothing than you're aware of because if I... St oh, lights down, please. Lights down, please. Oh. Can you, can you make the slide go away so it's darker, please? Thank you. Look at your shirt. in pink. Do you want to stand up for a second? Let everyone see. That's fantastic. That is a very... Do you want to, do you want to just bring that up here and show everyone that? that. That's, that's a very cool hoodie. That's a very, very cool hoodie. Okay. Thank you very much. Lights up again. And can everyone give Elizabeth a round of applause, please? Here are some wipes to help you get that. All right, do you want, yeah, you can come, come that way, and that will be fine. Um, now, before we started, I asked some people uh, to draw me some interesting things. So, I'm just going to come around and grab them back from you, and uh, I'll grab the pens in a, in a second. So, let's do the Tony Hart thing, shall we? You haven't finished yet. Ah, sorry. His sister told him, I am not getting in on that argument. Okay, so 
Does everyone know the, uh, the theme tune to, uh, you know, when, when we did, Tony Hart did his, his thing and he had all of the, yeah. Da, 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 da. Lights down, please. Da, 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 da. Okay, so when I put your bit of art out, do you want to go, yeah, that's me, and sh say your name or something? So we have Cutie. Ah, well done. Who is Cutie? Mystery person in pink. Brilliant. This is also a slightly worrying one because I haven't checked these. I don't know whether anyone's got anything really rude on here or not. Uh, we've also got... Ah! A dinosaur elephant thing. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pig. <laughs> I know what it is. It's an alive one of these. Okay, we've also got a little man, a little dude, that's fine, that's fine. Ah, oh. space, I, I like that. Is that somebody who saw a previous show of mine? That looks like someone who saw a previous show of mine. That's awesome. We also have, ooh, an eye. An, an actually rather well done, but rather creepy eye. I like that. Okay. Uh, lol. <laughs> and last but not least, Peppa Pig doing the science festival. <laughs> That's fantastic. Awesome. Thank you very much to all of my amazing artists. You are wonderful. So, I'm afraid that that is the end for ultraviolet. But of course, that's not the end for light. We have ultraviolet. We have visible light. What's the other side? Yeah? Inf infra who said infrabrown? I like that. That would, that would work really well. Yes? Infrared, yes, infrared. Now, there are no animals that can see in infrared, but there are some animals that can sense it. So snakes, for example, they can't actually resolve an image. They couldn't, you know, if snakes could read, they wouldn't be able to see pictures and letters and things, but they could just roughly know that there's something emitting infrared light over there, and they'd be able to pounce and go grab it because a lot of animals are warm-blooded, and therefore they emit light in the infrared. You're warm-blooded. You know what that means? You're currently glowing. And if you don't believe me, I can show you. So if I was to do something, and I did want to do, oh, I'm scared. If I was to get a, um, if I was to get a block of metal and a blowtorch and to light it up, two things would happen. One, uh, the science festival staff would run down to stop me from burning the university down, uh, which is why I'm not doing it. Uh, unfortunately, I did try. I did try. Uh, and the other thing is, it would start to glow. Oh, it would start to glow white hot. It would then start to cool down a little bit and go to uh, amber and then red and then deep red and then eventually it would stop. 
except it doesn't stop glowing. It just starts glowing in the infrared where you can't see it. And that is where you're glowing. Give us a wave. <laughs> Does that count as a selfie? <laughs> Hello up the back. Give us a wave. Oh, look, we can actually see at the top in the corner there, you can see, I think it's a router or something attached to the wall. And because it's using electrical energy, it's getting hot. And that's why you've got a, got a tiny spot there. Okay, why is there a random hole in your glass up there? That is, I genuinely, I'm going to have to ask, at the end, I'm going to ask one of you guys to come down and explain why there is a weird artifact in your, in your, in your glass there. That is cool. Okay, so can I get a volunteer who wears glasses? I'll tell you what, yep, you're at the end. Do you want to come up? What's your name? Anton. Sorry? Anton. Anton. I remember you. You were in The Matrix, weren't you? Were you not in The Matrix? All right, if you just stand back a little bit. Stand back a little bit. And yeah, I definitely remember you from The Matrix. Definitely, yep. If you have a look at yourself, you can probably quickly see before you, before you turn around. Oh, you can see it on there. Oh, yeah. You, you, I, I, she shows how observant I am. I hadn't noticed the great big screen mirroring what's up there. But, yeah, so what's happening here, Anton, is the infrared light can't go through your glasses. It's opaque in the infrared. Visible light can go through, that's fine, but otherwise it can't. So if you take your glasses off, you'll see you've actually got really hot eyes. And yeah, that's actually starting to look really easy. Oh, also, you've got a very cold nose. <laughs> Don't worry, a lot of people have very cold noses. Thank you very much, everyone. Anton. So, when you sort of do the science teaching school thing and they, they show you what you're supposed to do, one of the main things that you are always shown is that you should end a show <laughs> with a bum wiggle. <laughs> you should always end a show on a really big bang. You should end a show with something really amazing and incredible. But I'm far too British for that. So instead, I'm going to simulate making a cup of tea. However, I do have a heat camera which makes it a bit more interesting. So. If I was to bring this around to here, there we go. I've got a tray, just a simple tray. I can put it down. In fact, that's really cool. Just there, you can see the wire going up to the, uh, uh, up to the, up to the machine is actually warm still from when I was using it. If I was to angle that back at the wires on the desk, you can see all of the wires and, and the power supply for the computer is, is, is glowing here. You can see it, uh, really, really warm. Uh, kids, you ever get your parents saying, oh, turn that thing off, it's on standby, it's using lots of energy. And you're thinking, oh, why? Well, this is actually why, because you, know, you are actually using quite a lot of energy just to heat up some wires. Come on, parents, I'm helping you here. <laughs> so what I'm going to do is I am going to pour some water. This is cold water. 
Ah, there we go. There it is. I, was I couldn't find it. It's very difficult to sort of match up what's happening in visible life and in, in, uh, in music, in prayer. So, this is cold water. Take the top off. It's kind of boring, isn't it? That's really rubbish. All right, well, I tell you what, instead of doing cold water, just do need a bit more in there for this next bit. Let's go for slightly warmer water. I find it absolutely incredible that if we were able to see in the infrared, just think how beautiful going to the toilet would be. <laughs> so, is it safe for me to put my hand in there? Hands up for no. Hand up for yes. Ah! No, it's fine. Because I know what the temperature, the maximum temperature of the water is, because it's actually on this scale on the side here. So the coolest thing in this, uh, in this is 20 degrees. The hottest thing is 40 degrees. Interestingly enough, I've done it. You take this thing on a summer's day, and fortunately I don't have access to the outside, so I can't do it in this auditorium. But if you point it at a cloudless sky in the middle of the day, on a hot sunny day, it reads minus 40, which is the coldest that this can reach, because you're basically trying to take the temperature of outer space above our atmosphere. Let's go for a bit more, shall we? The other interesting thing is, um, it's already merging together. We're already finding that the hot and the cold are, are becoming almost the same. might do a bit more if you ask me later. So, um, you've probably never been asked to applaud for water before, but some, some water? And that's ultraviolet and infrared. But even that is not everything. Because what we've got is ultraviolet, visible light, infrared. That's what animals can see for either side of it. We've got so much more shooting off into, uh, into higher and higher energies. We go to X-rays. We go to gamma rays. And going down into lower energies, we're going down into radar and radio. These aren't things that we can physically perceive ourselves, but we know that they're there. We know that we can use them. Just think for a second. If our eyes could see all of this, and not just that little bit in the middle. Every time I used my mobile phone, you would see flashes of light, coded information coming off my phone, going to the base station and coming back again. You'd be able to stand on top of the hills and look at, at, at radio stations, and you'd be able to see radio force sweeping across the landscape. You'd be able to see these transmissions happening. 
If our eyes could work down in x-rays and gamma rays, then at the night time, when we looked up at the night sky, we would see an infinite fireworks display of cosmic radiation falling into our upper atmosphere and cascading down. It would be like a fireworks display all the time. We can't see those things, but due to a few fun bits of kit, we know that they're there. Guys, have you had fun? Well, unfortunately, while there is a lot more lights to talk about, we have run out of time to talk about lights. So that's all, folks. Brilliant. Thank you very much, John. Thank you. So do we have time for questions? We've got quite a bit of time for questions, actually. So oh, brilliant. There's so plenty. Um, it's a throwable microphone ah. if you want to give it a go. Aha. Oh, I've not used one of these. So I like to do my questions a little bit differently. I don't want you to just ask me questions. You can ask me questions if you like, but I've got about seven grand worth of kit on this stage. I will be your hands. I can't let you come up and touch the stuff, but I will be your hands. If you've got an experiment, you've got something you want me to do, something to show, something you want to see what happens, ask me. Or if you want to, you can also go for just a standard question as well. So, who's first? I'm going to go for you just because I saw your hand go up and I want to see if I can throw it a long way. So, anyone on this line, if I hit you, I'm really sorry, okay? If you've got questions, can you please keep your hands up? Because we've got a few mics, so we'll try and get a few questions set up. Um, can you do the other experiments with the gases and the uh, light? Uh, sure. Uh, what ones? I've got uh, neon, I've got nitrogen, I've got helium, I've got hydrogen. Which one didn't I do? Nitrogen. nitrogen. Let's try nitrogen. Okay. Hold on a second. Oh, I'm going to have to move everything back again. Hold on. Can I ask you a favour? Mm -hmm. John, can you just grab the other end of this table? Yep. Can you just put yeah. it back? <laughs> Comedy sketches, I think. To me, to you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right, let's get this. If the next person then asks something with the infrared camera. <laughs> Amusing story, we're not wealthy at the Cambridge Science Centre. Originally, this laptop had three USB ports. It then had two. We're now down to one. Okay. That shouldn't be that. That should be... There we go. Okay, and we were going to go for nitrogen. So, what colour do we think? Yellow. Green? Someone's still voting for the green. <laughs> oh, oh, it was still on. <laughs> who, who thinks orange? Uh, no, no. How about purple? All right, should we dim the lights? see there's actually rather a lot of green in there but again we just can't see it in fact you can see uh, you can see a little bit of blue coming around the wrong side of the spectrum there 
that shouldn't be that side. That's just total internal reflection inside the housing. That's just something bouncing around inside the housing. But uh, there you go. So who's my next question uh, slash experiment? Red microphone over the side there. Red microphone? Got to do with light. Ooh, that's an interesting one. Hang on. Didn't I? I was outside waiting at the last guy. Didn't I hear somebody ask him that? Yeah. Right. Okay. That. Have we got a lot of Mirage fans in the audience? So, um, a Mirage is basically a form of. You can think of it as a mirror. Okay. So, if you've got two different temperatures of air, you've got two different things. And as you've got those two different temperatures, you can sometimes bounce light off the interface between the two. So a mirage is basically a mirror where you don't expect it, which shows you the, the normally the blazing blue sky bouncing at a level so it's on the ground, and then that comes up, and then therefore it sort of, sort of looks like water in the middle of the desert. Um, I, I have to admit, I am not a, an expert on mirages. I learn everything I know about mirages from Looney Tunes cartoons, so it's possible it's also an actual person just standing there and you can, you can actually get up to the second floor before it disappears and fall down. Yellow mic at the back. Uh, what happens if you do the gases with the infrared camera? Ooh, good question. Should we find out? Okay. Okay, so uh, i tell you what, sir, which, which particular gas? We'll go for this one because it's in at the minute. Okay, so I'm just going to. I don't know why that's just done that, but. Okay, brilliant. Okay, so we're up on. Actually, before I do this, I'm going to ask, what do people think we're going to see? What do people think we're going to see? Yes, sir, in the green. Yeah, you. Yeah, all right, let's, let's see if you're correct, sir. So, as you can see, it's... It's quite, it's a little bit warm on the side there. It's not as warm as my hand, but if I turn it round, you can see it's actually quite warm. It's, it's cosy, it's about 50, it's about 50 degrees C, which is, that's not bad. Now, the one that's really interesting is this one here. So I did turn it off before because otherwise it's just, we don't want to get a tan from it. So I'm gonna leave that one switched on for a second, but We've still got some heat coming out of it from previously. As it warms up, you can see the bulb itself, I can get away from that blooming, there we go, the bulb itself is actually really rather warm and it gets warm, it gets to about 50 degrees C. So the way I like to think of it is, you know our hypothetical person that can see a wider spectrum? This is a pink light because it's a mixture of infrared 
and ultraviolet together. So it's going to be like a super pink light if you could see wider in the spectrum. Next question. Why can't... Oh, who is it? Ah, yeah, hello. Why can't we see green light? That is a very good question. Uh, it's, it's not that we can't see green. Don't, don't like think, oh, if I'm walking around and I'm seeing green, that, that, that you're not actually seeing green. You can see green light. You know, you're not, it's not an optical illusion. It's just that we have, we have effectively three sensors in our eyes, a red sensor, a green sensor, and a blue sensor. And the green sensor is just a little bit more rubbish than the other two. That's all it is. Oh, thank you. Aha, okay, so I get to throw it again. Just because your top was really awesome before. Go on, there you go. You ready? Um, why does black absorb light and white reflect light? Ooh, that's a nice question. I like that. So, why would you, what, what, what color is this? Okay, so why do you think it's white? Because that's just the color of the table. So, we know that it's white because it's bouncing all of the light back off of it. So, in other words, we could, we could take the words bouncing all of the light back and that, that basically means white. If it is rubbish at bouncing light back, what color is that? Black. That's because it doesn't really bounce light back to us. So, when you say, why do things that bounce light back to us look white and why do things that don't bounce light back look black? I could translate that into why are white things white and why are black things black? It's just literally those are two different, you could think of it as two different terms for the same thing. Anything that bounces light back looks white to us. If it doesn't bounce light back, it looks black to us. And of course, different colors in between. Can I have my, can I have my? Okay, cool. Hi, guy in the green. Um, what was in the water that made it black and how do one-way glass panels work? What was in what water? One of the waters went black in the infrared. Oh, um, so with this, that is something I should explain, which is, so these are, this is an artificial coloring. We are looking at light that you cannot see. I mean, if I had um, like a UV projector, if such a thing existed, I could give you the, or, or an infrared projector, I could give you, you know, this map in infrared, but that would be rubbish because you still wouldn't be able to see it. So what we do is we basically translate the colors into ones that we can see. And I've, I've chosen, I think it's like maroon sunset or something like that. I can, on the, on the thing, I can actually change it so that it goes to different colors. So the fact that some of it was black is just because of the color that I chose. There you go. Oh, it's just got a digital camera. That's a bit rubbish. Picture in picture, thermal, color change. No, I can't, I can't find the uh, particular setting to change uh, to a different thing right now, but basically don't worry about the individual colors. It's just what we've decided looks cool. Okay, next question. How, how do the one-way glass panels work? Ah, it's not one way. It's not one way. It's just literally, if I had a, um, a green panel, 
that means that only green light is coming through. Red light can't come through it because if it did, it would it would look whiter. Um, so what we've got with the with the glass panels with the well, well, do you mean people's glasses? Oh, those things. Sorry, I I, I totally misunderstood what you meant. I thought you were talking about when we had had this in the glasses and you couldn't see through the glasses. Um, I know that they're half mirrored. Other than that, I don't actually know. So I'm going to set you. Uh, I'm going to set you homework. Um, who's 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 mum or dad or guardian? Brilliant. Can you make sure he does his homework and finds out for me? Thank you very much, guys. This is one thing that I think is really important. If you've been doing a lot of science with the uh, with with the science festival, you're going to see a lot of people like me standing on stage telling you things. That's not science, okay? Especially if you are children, and, and no, if you're adults, science is, science is discovering things for yourself. It is not just taking verbatim what somebody has said. It's quite often doing your own research as well. So I, I am not the font of all knowledge. I don't know anything. But if you're excited about something, go away and look for your answer. Do we have time for one more? I think we'll do two more. There's one up on the side there. Okay. Um, if you were to have oh, a star... Who's that? I can't see who it's... Ah, hello. Um, you, earlier, you mentioned um, with... You mentioned um, finding out the compositions of stars and planets with um, that... Um, I forgot what it's called, but that spectrometer. Yeah, um, spectroscope. Spectroscope. Um, if you... If, well, planets, they... Stars and planets, they don't only consist of one. They, they often have very complex compositions, so can you still um, find out the compositions of a spectrometer when there's sev several different gases? That is a very, very good question. So, um, on the slides, oh, go away, go away. I don't know why you do that. Has anybody started doing that? I think it's because it doesn't like me. If I were to look at this, which is uh, Arcturus, that isn't just one gas. That isn't the pattern for just one gas. That is the pattern for every single gas that is in that star overlaid. And it's actually sometimes quite difficult to figure out which particular lines belong to which particular gas. What you've got to do is you've effectively got to do this in a laboratory, find out exactly where the lines are, and then you can match up the lines. You go, all right, well, that's that line, that's that line, and then you can work out what gases they are. Um, so it, it is a little bit more complicated than I made out because they're all... Imagine if you tried to do your shopping by going to the barcode scanner and getting every single barcode at the same time and trying to make the machine go beep. It would be, be a bit difficult. Okay, we had one last question. Last one. Oh. Oh, oh no, you're making me choose. Yep. <sighs> go for the back. <laughs> go for the back. All right. Are we ready for this? Has this been risk assessed? Apparently. <laughs> you heard the man. Okay, let's go for it. Whoever gets it. <laughs> and yes, I aimed for the bit where there were no people. <laughs> Thank you. Um, did you notice that the thermal camera, it was, um, the bulb has got to like 150, it went to 150 degrees. And every time you walked in front of it, then it like, it went, because you were blocking that light, it went, so like when you walk in front of it, the, okay, so max, I walk in front of it. the max heat goes down, 
because that's you're because walking. while I am incredibly hot. <laughs> 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 I, I am only around about 30 degrees yeah. C. So what that max heat is saying is not the max heat it's possible. It's just the max heat it's currently seeing in that screen. So currently, uh, the warmest thing seems to be a fold in the back of my shirt and the back of my elbow, which is about 31 degrees C. And then if I move out of the way, the hottest thing is the lamp, which is over 150. It's just that that's as high as that will go. Yeah. Guys, have you had fun? Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you very much. <laughs> Last show for the Cambridge Science Centre. If you'd like to see more of me online, John London. Thank you. Audience, please, can I have back again? Please don't run off with things.